Let's open up our Bibles to our 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. <clears throat> a couple of, uh, just to lay a bit of a foundation here, um, hoping um, these will be on your mind throughout the, the talk as we read other scriptures, <clears throat> just to to lay this as a fundamental for us to remember. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and uh, verse 19. So it's 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and ye are not your own. For you are bought with a price, Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And just over to chapter 7, just another little verse 23, and it says, Ye are bought with a price, be not ye the servants of men. And, uh, and this is a, a fundamental thing about our, um, our walk in the Lord, you know, our, uh, as we, uh, we dwell in the kingdom of God, that for us to understand that we are bought with a price, we're the temple of the Holy Ghost, it dwells in us, and we know it because we speak in tongues. Um, as a result of being bought with a price, we are not our own. You know, so, and then as it says, um, be not ye servants of men. You know, so often we do things, uh, what we think's right, or we have an idea of what we want. And it's completely contrary to what God wants today and, uh, or now, you know, in our service uh, of, uh, of God. And it's a phenomenal price that was paid for us to be here. It's referring to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. It's the son of the living God, uh, the only man to walk on earth who was sinless, died for us um, in his 30s and that was the price that was paid for us to be here so that uh, we're part of the kingdom and uh, we have the Holy Spirit that dwells in us. And therefore, consequently, we are the temple. Our body is the temple. So as we go about um, our lives, there's a balance we have to have between uh, serving mammon and serving God. But through the whole thing, our priority is serving God. Look, he, I've bought with a price. You know, like... Um, uh, I want to be doing this, or I should be doing that, or, oh, no, I think I should do it that way. No, 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 no. We have been bought with a price. We are servants of the living God. What does God want us to do? Or where does God want us to be? Uh, Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. And that aspect of what does God want us to do? But, um, I'll get to the title of the talk. I know Andy's there... Um, latching hold of every word up until I say the, uh, the title of the talk. But um, Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. I beseech you, eh? I plead with you, um, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, separate, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Okay, so it's your reasonable service, not too hard, 
You know, God hasn't made it too hard. It's our baseline of service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so you think differently, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So through that, you know, a living sacrifice, uh, have that mindset, our uh, renewing of our mind uh, to understand the will of God. And, uh, we, and it uses that word prove that through experience, and we heard in testimony experiences that people have had of putting the Lord first and building up the spirit and understanding the guidance in the scriptures to prove ourselves as uh, of that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's proof. Ah, there's someone who has, is, um, is proving uh, in the flesh <laughs> um, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God because they get results um, by uh, allowing themselves to be holy and acceptable unto God, being a reasonable service. Um, chapter 10, Romans chapter 10. And verse 1. Romans chapter 10 and verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire, this is Paul writing to the Romans, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel uh, is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Now, the reason I... That was actually mentioned, Brent actually mentioned it when we were um, looking at this other group. And uh, they had... um, a form of righteousness and, uh, and like being ignorant of God's righteousness, they went about to establish their own righteousness. Now, what does that mean? It's, um, they, they established their own righteousness of justifying themselves as being right before God, um, being ignorant of uh, truly what the Bible says. They've made up their minds of what it is and therefore justifying themselves and saying, no, I'm right. I'm right because of this, this and this. But it's different to what the Bible says. And let us not be trapped into that. Let us not ignore uh, what's written in the Bible, the guidance in the Bible. I mean, a zeal of God. And this person talking had this amazing zeal of God. I mean, they were shouting down the microphone, but they had a zeal for God, but they created their own righteousness out of ignorance uh, and ignored the true righteousness. And that's what we need to remember is true righteousness. And part of that uh, is um, the next verse I'll read, John 14, verse 15. And it says in Psalm 119, verse 105, it says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet a light unto my path. You know, uh, his word um, uh, brightens our way, gives us clarity on where to go and what to do, what to think, what to say, 
Um, uh, even, if I dare say it, even what to feel. <laughs> you know, uh, like sometimes you hear something, oh, that doesn't feel quite right. It's not quite of the Lord. Like it trains us. It's a light to our feet and um, a lamp to our feet and a light to my path. And here we're getting to the title. Oh, that's Acts. John 14. We're getting to the title of this talk. I've read this a lot lately, and I do apologise for those that have been to all the meetings, but um, it's something that uh, I, yeah, obviously I, I want to repeat many times. John 14 and uh, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. Okay, so uh, the, the, the scriptures we've read up to this point is uh, we've been bought with a price. It's our reasonable service to be holy and to, uh, to do things that are acceptable unto God. It's reasonable. It's not unreasonable. Uh, we, we prove uh, the, the, the value of the word in what we do because we get results and, uh, and we're following his ways. And here's Jesus himself saying, if you love me, keep my commandments. And it doesn't say, oh, accept this one because it's too hard. Oh, accept this one because that person was nasty. Oh, accept this one because, oh, I, I can't. <laughs> you know, like it says, it, there's no qualifications. It says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And that's it. It actually should have the word amen after that. Full stop. <laughs> no more arguments. So if you love, and do we truly love the living God and love Jesus Christ? Yeah, you can say it. Plenty of people say it. Plenty of people have a zeal toward God. Plenty of people have uh, formed their own righteousness and think that they're doing the right thing and claim that they love God and love Jesus. But do you truly love him? You would keep his commandments. And that's the title of this talk is love. Okay? Now we do love him because he first loved us. John 3.16, I mean, we, we all know that. Uh, Christendom everywhere knows that verse. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God is love. And uh, if God is love, we're a part of the kingdom of God. We embody that too. So if we love him, we keep his commandments, every single one of them. Every single bit of guidance that's written in the word, we keep them. And we get this wonderful clarity that his word is a lamp to my feet, knowing, and that's the beautiful thing that I found. Um, before I was baptised in the Revival Fellowship, um, I, uh, I was confused. I wanted to know what to do. Uh, I didn't really know. I was given a little bit of advice here and there that seemed right, and I'd try it for a little bit, and, uh, and then I wouldn't do it. And, uh, but then... When I came to the Revival Fellowship um, and encouraged to read and people were shown, showing me in the Bible what the Bible said, actually showed me and read it to me uh, and to encourage to pray and uh, to go through this, it was a, it was a wonderful uh, freedom as a result of that, not wondering anymore, uh, a wonderful confidence. And, and that's what God wants us to be, is confident before him. Confident before the living God that uh, what we are doing is right. How about that? <laughs> you know, what a wonderful place to be. Oh, yeah, I'm confident that what I'm doing or we're doing as a group as well uh, is right before the living God. The God that created everything we see. 
all-powerful God um, who raised uh, Christ from the dead. Uh, And what we're doing is right. So if you love him, keep your commandments, and then the flow-on effect from that is a confidence and a peace, as we've heard. You know, a peace. God's got in hand. God knows. So we're talking about love. 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. And verse 2. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 2. For he, being Jesus Christ, is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. So that's how we know that we know him, by keeping his commandments, all tied up with if we love him as well. He that saith, I know him, or even I love him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar. Gee, the Lord really embellished that one, didn't he? (laughs) And the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abide in him ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked, even as Jesus Christ himself walked. So that's the other thing, he goes before us. We hear that a lot as well, like uh, he goes before us. And uh, so we follow, uh, in a spiritual sense, the path that's already been laid down by Jesus himself. So very strong language here uh, by an, an apostle, another apostle, John. Same apostle, John. <laughs> um, that uh, to, to keep his commandments... And, uh, and to have the truth in us. And if we keep his word, and it says there quite plainly, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Okay? And, uh, and that perfected word is, is quite an impressive word. You know, perfect. I mean, what is perfection? Uh, perfection is uh, before the living God through the spirit. And, uh, and then there's that confidence that I was saying as well. Hereby know we that we are in him. Uh, through that, uh, that love of God being perfected in us uh, and, and being together and encouraging us there also to follow the ways that Jesus went and walked. And uh, I remember years ago someone um, said to me, um, if you're wondering, just think, would Jesus say it or would Jesus do it? It's <laughs> a good little check there. Um, and, uh, and can give you that clarity. Back to John chapter 13. John chapter 13. And verse 34. So that's John chapter 13. And verse 34. So this is Jesus speaking again. A new commandment. So talking about commandments. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. So this here, this talking about love, and, uh, and Jesus Christ himself is talking to the church. Okay? 
he's, uh, he's uh, preaching about the kingdom of God. So he's talking about the church here. Uh, the commandment, and so if we love Jesus, we keep his commandments. And here's one of his commandments, that you love one another. Okay? So that's a commandment of God. So if you lack love towards someone else in the kingdom of God, there's a problem. Because it's a commandment of the living God to love one another. And uh, don't we love one another? And I mean, we've talked about it a bit in the last few weeks, how we love seeing the saints, you know, and uh, uh, just really uh, excited to see people that are of a, a, a similar mindset. And I was just looking up at Peter as well. I bet he loves being here, you know, doesn't know any of us, but he knows we're spirit-filled and uh, he just loves being part of a spirit-filled um, assembly, meeting, you know, to be refreshed. So it's a commandment of the living God that you love one another. But then the flow and effect from that, it's very interesting. I read it in the next verse. By us loving one another. By us having the same love one to another as we do for Jesus Christ and as he did for us, does for us. As a result of that evidence, we prove to others around us, to God himself, that we are his disciples, you know? Like, um, and I remember um, uh, I was in Eton. Oh, we were out in Eton, just over the way. And I was, uh, it was for work and I was with a couple of uh, work colleagues and um, Joan Sumner, well, remember Joan Sumner, she <clears throat> very slowly went past on her gopher. <laughs> if we know Joan, that would have been the case. So he went straight past on the gopher. But... Uh, <laughs> But she was there waving at me and, uh, and I was here with these work colleagues. And, and then, but yeah, it was just, they could see a wonderful connection that we had. And through that love one to another and respect one to another, it proved that we were disciples. That's powerful. Um, it's really powerful to, to prove that. And that's the value of love one to another. First John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 10. First John chapter 3 and verse 10. In this, the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God. Neither he that loveth not his brother. So this is the flip side, you know, like not obeying the commandments of Jesus Christ. So you're not of God if you're not loving uh, your brother, which includes uh, men and women. Verse 11. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. And this is First John later on. This is well after Jesus was glorified. That commandment is being repeated. And when things are repeated in the Bible, we uh, take notice, don't we? Uh, God doesn't repeat things for no reason. And here's John here, uh, a message broadly to uh, the spirit-filled people that are following God to remember to love one another, to love your brother, because the consequence of that is if you do not love your brother... Righteousness is not in you, and you're not of God. Whoa, very confronting. 
So seek the Lord. And because, uh, um, you know, I, we've heard many testimonies. I mean, this is a, <laughs> a revival fellowship. We hear a lot of testimonies. And, um, and you know, it's remarkable people that come along um, and they testify that when they're baptised and receive the Spirit, they've suddenly got this love for everyone. And, um, and it's remarkable. God gives us that. Tap into it. We've got a wonderful resource of love uh, to tap into and to help us to love one another. Um, 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. And verse 22. So that's 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 22. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth. So by obeying the truth, there's a purification process that happens there, which takes time. Okay. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. So it's interesting there in verse 23, being born again of an incorruptible seed, which is the spirit, but then it says, by the word of God. So uh, don't neglect the word of God. It's by the power of the word of God, by the promises that are written in the word of God, that we are born of incorruptible seed. But then verse 22, the reason I picked this verse, it's got the word fervently. Now when I think of fervently, I think of a shaken up Coke bottle and you take the lid off. It's just bubbling, bubbling fervently. And, uh, and if you keep the lid on the Coke bottle, there's so much pressure in there, the bubbling and fervent, um, pure love that we have one for another. And that's that excitement when we see uh, the saints, you know, and we enjoy fellowship. And, uh, and that's why it's just so great, you know, um, the idea of having the, the fellowship lunch before the outreach. And it's just wonderful fellowship there and, uh, and it lifts us all up. And uh, uh, just love that sort of thing, coming to get, taking the effort to be together, that uh, we learn, like uh, that purification is a process, and uh, we learn about the pure love, one for another, and then it becomes fervent. And uh, that fervent love, one for another, drives us to reach out, drives us to, uh, to do things, to, uh, to show the love. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 22. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith or confidence having your hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and your bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love 
and to good works, excuse me, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Um, let us draw near, uh, but um, that provoking word, that's almost like a fervent word, stirring up, you know, bubbling over, encouraging, but it's encouraging people to love and to good works. That's encouraging, uh, not giving instruction all the time or it's provoking one another, being gentle. And, uh, and the reason it flows on straight after that into verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. What a wonderful way to encourage everyone, show your love one for another fervently, is by being here, being amongst the saints, being together. Um, that is how a wonderful way to show it and getting to know uh, what's going on in people's lives and uh, to listen to people's testimonies and wash each other's feet. That's a wonderful way to show your love one to another is to uh, be together, um, to come together um, and then get that opportunity to gently, gently encourage and edify and build up. And uh, they are good things. They're really good things when, uh, uh, to, so that people leave here knowing the love of God. We prove ourselves as being disciples of Jesus Christ himself, that, uh, that we leave here built up. You know, I often think um, I, I rock up to a meeting and um, with all the busyness before the meeting, a little bit worn out and tired, distracted. Well, you saw this morning I was a bit distracted, wasn't I? My head was out there. Uh, a bit distracted, but then we introduce with the, um, the choruses and get our mindset back in here, you know, and, uh, and then we leave just um, uplifted. And the reason I grin is um, not long after coming to the Revival Fellowship, there was a, a late... Oh, you know, uh, um, Christy Walton... Um, it was before she was married and she used this word uh, often after the meetings, like, we can't sleep because we're pinging. <laughs> and I always think that, like, even on a Wednesday night, you know, I was like, my, um, it's way past my bedtime, but I lie there awake for some time because I'm pinging. <laughs> and uh, it's just exciting. We're, we're built up and uh, encouraged fervently uh, from the, the love of the brethren. Um, and Psalm chapter 133, the only uh, Old Testament scripture, and, uh, and it flows on from that, not forsaking the gathering together of the saints, um, to have a desire, a desire to be here and uh, encourage one another and prove our love one for another, just as Christ loved us and laid his life down for us. And we'll read all of Psalm 133 and verse 1, it says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, and went down to the skirts of his garments. So he was just flooded in this oil, which represents the spirit. As the Jew of Hermon and as the Jew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. 
the unity. See, prove our unity. Prove we're disciples. Uh, show it. Uh, and it's through that love one for another, a desire to encourage and build up, not to break down and, uh, and to, to help. Okay, penultimate scripture, John chapter 17. John 17. Because God sees it as a beautiful thing when his people dwell in unity. And praise the Lord for that. At the moment, in the Revival Fellowship, we have a wonderful uh, unity, uh, proving that we are disciples indeed. John chapter 17 and verse 15. John chapter 17 and uh, verse 15. Jesus speaking again here uh, to his Father in heaven. I pray not that thou shouldest take them, i.e. Jesus' disciples, i.e. us, Take them out of the world, but that, that thou shouldest keep them from evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, as it grows and spreads, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am. It's a desire of Jesus that uh, his followers would be raised up to dwell with him, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me. For thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. And uh, there twice, it's uh, through this love and this unity, there's, um, that the world may know that thou hast sent me. So we're just talking about in the car on the way here that uh, through the unity and uh, through us uh, together with a, a common vision, a common understanding of what it means to be a part of the kingdom of God and how to get in the kingdom of God, um, we... Oh, I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, we... People can know about... That's what it was, yes. So uh, that through us... People can understand the power of Jesus Christ and the power of the Spirit through us. Without actually meeting this person who lived 2,000 years ago, through the, the unity, the love one for another, uh, the, the, the fervent uh, spirit that we have in us, others can know about Jesus Christ and learn about it by our word. You know, but it's God's word. It's God's word that we speak that others can know and that the world may believe that uh, God has sent him, Jesus Christ. That's the power that we have in us 
And that's the power we have in the togetherness as well. Finish up 1 Corinthians chapter 13, famous chapter of love. It uses the word charity, but, uh, but it is love. 1 Corinthians 13, we'll focus on just a few of the verses. Aspects of love. And we can apply this in so many uh, spheres of our life. Verse 4, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 4. Charity suffereth long. That's an important thing, i.e. charity or love is patient. Okay? Charity is patient and is kind. Okay? So if you're not kind, you're not showing the love. Charity envies not, is content with what it's got. Charity vaunts not itself. You know, sometimes we might think that we're provoking someone unto love and good works, but we're actually puffing ourselves up. You know, that's not love. It's all about uh, being humble and, uh, and so forth before the living God. Charity vaunts not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked. You know, that's, that's, uh, that's a reaction, you know, a, a negative reaction. Um, so if you have a negative reaction, that's not love. Thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. And how wonderful it is how we rejoice in the truth. You know, as if we found great spoil, you know, as it says in Psalm 119. Uh, just a, a joy there. Beareth all things. Again, that's associated with a patience. Believeth all things. Believeth in the living God that he can do all things for us and will give us the things that we need. Hopeth all things. Looks to the future, you know, uh, instead of dwelling on the past. Endureth all things. That's love, and uh, and that and we are we have the Spirit in us. Jesus Christ, God Himself, embodies love. He wants us to embody this as well, that we may prove that He is the true and the living God. And uh, and indeed, we um, we can also have that peace, that peace within, uh, if we uh, if we live it and uh, and we put it into practice. If you love me. Keep my commandments. And this is a new commandment, that you love one another. Okay, thank you.